Hustle Showcast, brought to you by Black and Tan Sports. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Puck and Hustle Showcast number seven. Uh, Gatekeeper here with my usual partner and now newest contributor to PuckandHustle.com, Patrick Stankus. You can find him on the Twitters at Patrick underscore Stankus. And uh, so... Uh, today is Tuesday, and uh, not much is not a whole lot is going on here, <laughs> really at all. Uh, everything's died down. But uh, Pat, how how are you doing? Pretty good. Uh, first off, thanks for having me on PuckinHostel.com. Looking forward to it. Hmm. Glad to have you, man. Uh, you know we've been we've been hashing it out here on the uh, the shoutcast. So why not uh, join forces for a little while here and see if we can't get. Uh, Double the work done. Yep. <laughs> so uh, September's going to be here before you know it, and there's yeah, going to be a lot of hockey to talk about. It feels like November today, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's not does not feel like July fifteenth. That's for sure. No, it was it's, it was like high of seventy one today. It was cold last night. It's cold tonight. I mean, we're all here, sitting here with the windows open in the middle of July. Most people are sitting in. We're usually sitting in the air conditioning, you know, sweating it out at this point in time, but. Yeah, I can't complain about that in uh, July having the windows open. No, no, not at all. Not at all, man. Until the damn kids come walking by the house and start screaming like they just did 10 yeah. minutes ago. Yeah, <laughs> or my kids upstairs pounding on the door because they don't want to go to sleep or the dog's barking. You know, that's... You get just, it all here, you know? <laughs> literally the dog days of summer. So, anyway, let's... Uh, Let's get, get get into things. I don't even know how long this is going to last. This may not go the full the full uh, length because there isn't a whole lot going on. But we do have uh, some special some special segments here that I think everyone will uh, find interesting. Uh, you know, a good way to kind of kick off the uh, the boring dog days of summer. So um, let's get right into things with uh, you know basic league news and transactions. Uh, I guess, uh, you know, now after the uh, free agent period's pretty much been over, uh, you know, the big bangs have ended. Uh, so you get people like Danny Heatley signing uh, or uh, Mike Ribeiro or Derek Roy or, uh, you know, Steve Ott. Was it Steve- Brendan Morrow that just signed to a yeah. one-year deal? Yeah, Brendan Morrow signed in uh, Tampa Bay, I think. You know, it's just it's the bottom of the barrel now at this point in time. You got these all these people signing deals just just so they can have a job somewhere. But uh, you know, Danny Hitley was kind of interesting, and uh, I don't know if you saw it. Did you see the article that uh, I think it was Hockey News posted up about Danny Heatley? I saw it, but I didn't click on it. Yeah, there was there was some insinuation that the Blackhawks should watch out giving that kind of money, and we'll we'll. We're definitely going to get more into the the Blackhawks signing uh, Taze and Kane, but um, there was some insinuation in the article that um, Patrick Kane could be the new Danny Heatley, so they should watch out about giving him that much amount that amount of money, which is laughable. <laughs> you know, it really is laughable. But I mean, I can't believe that they went that far. You know, to to compare, yeah, sure, Danny Heatley was a flash in a pan for a couple of years, and he was the newest thing. The goddamn guy's a murderer for Christ's sake, but um. You know, Patrick Kane also plays for an organization that values its assets. 
and is not going to let their prize assets act like Danny Heatley acted in Atlanta, uh, getting in the trouble that he got. So, I mean, I don't know. I you know, yeah, sometimes I guess we just got to take these articles from you know national writers or writers from outside of Chicago and kind of just laugh at them because basically when you break them down, the local fans seem to know more than these guys know at times. So, yeah. To your point about the uh, organizational thing, that's that's one hundred percent the truth right there. You had people in Chicago where they're very, you know, PR conscious and they're not going to let Patrick Kane get out of control. You saw what they did when he was out of control a couple of years ago. They've reeled him back in and you don't see that anymore. He's matured quite a bit. And, you know, right now with being in mid-July, it's kind of, it doesn't really surprise me to hear an article like that because you're basically trying to get page views and anything to talk about your site right now because you know it's not uh, peak peak time for hockey news or anything like that because free agencies died down we're two weeks into it so you know nope. it is what it, it is what it is yeah there's there's nothing going on but uh comparing you know patrick kane to danny Heatley is that's going a little far I, patrick I kane's I, got some hardware too that uh danny Heatley hasn't gotten close to no no and you so know, no you know. not at all you know on a on a you know talent level Maybe they could have been compared at one point in time, you know, but, you know, it's. I think it just speaks for how far, how far down Danny Heatley has fallen right now. Oh, it does. I mean, I mean, one one, year, one million dollars. Are you kidding me? Yeah, that's well, I mean, that's the that's what's going around now. I mean, once the Big Bang hit with uh, free agency on the first it took a drastic turn down after that. I, I forgot who said it, but uh, I heard it maybe last week, and it was right when these one-year deals started uh, leaking out, you know, who signed where. And uh, I, I forget who it was that said it, but uh, it was something along the lines, this is it, folks. We're in the one-year, $1 million deal. So, you know, basically it's it's all over now as far as hockey news goes. But basically, and, and that's the truth. Yeah, that's yeah. the truth. That's You'll really get true. these here and there signings like we did today with Nashville. And, you know, is it really something to, you know, brag about? Not really, but it is news. You know, you'll, you'll bring it to people, but it's nothing that's front page news. No, I, I was watching, I, I saw on, on the internet today, uh, Slacky from uh, Hockey Night, uh, his quote when the, the Predators signed Ribeiro and Roy, if, if you haven't heard and if you haven't heard, you must be living in a cave. You know, the Preds signed uh, Ribeiro and Roy to basically $1 million deals. Uh, you know, basically just uh, to revive their careers, to show that they're worth something anymore. And uh, he, his comment was, uh, the, Predators, the Predators have signed a bunch of guys who would be, who would be ranked or uh, who would be rated 81s on NHL 14, <laughs> <laughs> which I thought was hilarious. I mean, if you're a gamer, that that's completely just hilarious. How he comes up with some good stuff, and that was a really good one. So was it uh, was it him or one other guy from Hockey Night said that uh, John Scott was rated like an 82 in NHL 14 or something like that? Oh God. <laughs> 
it must be like a hundred in the fighting and and like you know thirties and everything else. Yeah, if that on the thirties when it comes to speed. Yeah, yeah, more like fifteen or twenty. John Scott, uh, that's Doug Wilson's newest uh, buddy, Price free agent. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he they got they got what Mike Brown, uh, Rafi Torres, and John Scott all in the same organization. <laughs> And they got uh, everybody's favorite former Blackhawk too, Adam Burrish. Uh, yeah, he's not even a. He's not even a. I think he's a healthy scratch. He's got he's, a nice seat in the press box. Yeah, he's not even a face puncher anymore. He's just you know, he's the court jester. That's really all he is. He's just the entertainment. They signed him on so he could you know play pranks on people and tell jokes. Because really, maybe he's begging for Patrick Sharp. You know, you never know if he's talking to Doug Wilson about that. Well, him and uh, Dale Talon, and yeah. Well, you know Dale Talon wants any former Blackhawk. You know Montreal and uh, Winnipeg. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. So, but uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to run down every single signing that's happened because you know there's so many under the radar signings that happen. You know, basically that don't even make it as a blurb on the internet, but. Uh, you know, some of the names were, like I said, Heatley, uh, Ribeiro, Roy, uh, in St. Louis, it got interesting for about a day, uh, Vladimir Sabaka or Saboka, uh, fled to the KHL over what is reported to be $300,000 difference in salary. And once he did that, uh, the Blues re-signed, uh, noted asshat and pirate. <laughs> Steve Ott, uh, at what I think it's like two and a half million a year. Yeah, something like that. And then uh, Ken Hitchcock doing doing his damage control, uh, proclaims some kind of asinine comment about how uh, Steve Ott was the best player against the Blackhawks or something. Oh please! <laughs> yeah, I, I I don't not sure. I, if that he was doesn't huffing, scream damage control. Then I no, don't know no. what does. And, you know, he was huffing fumes or doing something because he must have been talking with a with a steak in his mouth or choking on a chicken bone or something. Because it was Steve Ott was nothing but you know a side note in that series. So yeah, he didn't really do too much. If if that's if, if they if they want to play him, you know, two and a half million dollars to center up a second or third line and do not a whole lot of nothing. Sabat I I'd take Sabotka. I mean that guy was a pain in the ass. He won face offs. You could put him out there at any at any time. He was just a, a certified pain in the ass. And now that he's gone, good. I'll take Steve out over him any day. Saboka was also a shot blocker too. I don't recall Ott being one that would be a shot blocker. No, Steve Ott was not much of anything. And that's a very, a very underrated stat when it comes to to hockey. Mm-hmm. Especially I, I, for I, a you, I, I would take Saboka any day over Ott. Well, he was a pain in the ass, and he scored a yeah. couple goals. I mean, he was a well-rounded player, and uh, they're going to miss him a lot. It. Uh, you know, it's they may not miss him now, and they may not talk about it a lot now, but they're gonna miss him for sure because he was, you know, a, a good bottom six guy, center that you know was solid, solid, solid player. You know, like you know Dave Bolin back in in his glory days when he was actually the rat, and he would actually shut other you know top four, top centers down. 
that was kind of how Sabatka was. So, according to Dale Talon, Dave Boland's just entering his prime. <laughs> <laughs> Dave Boland's entering something like old age. I know he's going to get a lot slower. It's because he's got those money bags attached to him now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, it's going to weigh him down and. Those concrete skates aren't going to last too long. He's going to, yeah. in about a year and a half, he's going to be playing fourth line, making $5 million a year. Because those those young players in Florida are going to, you know, they're going to, they're going to grow and they're going to get bigger roles. And if you get Dave Boland, you know, Dave Boland. You're, you're paying him to be a top six forward, and he's not going to be a top six forward. No, he's not. I mean, not even Toronto was going to do it, and Toronto's a bunch of fucking idiots. So, you know. It's been well documented, our opinion about Toronto. <laughs> yeah. I was listening to, uh, you know, I, I've been, like, you know, checking up on a lot of hockey podcasts and stuff, and there's there's one uh, that I was listening to today. It was, like, a, it's a combination podcast where, you know, they do all sports, but the the hockey section of it, was uh, I, I believe it's a bunch of it's like e draft or something like that, and it's it's pretty much a bunch of college kids, and uh, they were, you know, talking about it too. They, they say the same things, and they're like one of them's a Detroit fan, and one of them's a, you know, a Pittsburgh fan or a New Jersey fan or something like that. So they're not even you know Chicago or Florida fans. So who was it uh was it Merker versus or uh Merker Wershinsky that said Toronto's probably clearing cap space already for a run at Stamkos or, or Tavares coming up in the future. Oh jeez. <laughs> Good luck with all that. I think it was Wershinsky that said it. Yeah, they've just turned into basically the career ruiners. You know, I mean, yeah. I mean Kessel's done all right there but yeah, it's not he's it's not, not somewhere it's not somewhere I'd have on my first list to go to no and when we when we get to the uh Kane and Tay signing I just want to bring this one up too if people think that those two are going to be overpaid just look at Dion Finos contract yeah and then tell me who's overpaid yeah yeah we'll get we will definitely get more into that but you know but that just speaks volume to what Toronto's become yeah the laughing stock basically <laughs> Oh, God, excuse me. These allergies are killing me. Um, so, yeah, that basically covers, you know, most of the free agent signings, which is not much of anything. Uh, but we left the best free agent signing for last, and that's the the, uh, the Arizona Coyotes and their new radio color commentator, Nick Boynton. <laughs> if there's anybody who's got a face for radio, it's Nick Boynton. Yeah, no kidding. And uh, and this will just be uh, a great time to bring up the hashtag blame it on Boynton <laughs> or wish it was Boynton. Can we so. can we go with uh, Nick Boynton? Just refer to him as uh, Mister Jen Patterson. Yeah, Mister Jen Patterson. <laughs> well, I hope you learned something from her. Yeah, so. it's how to make a living in Arizona. That's yeah. about it. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's uh, the uh, league signings and transactions. Like I said, it's not really super exciting. Uh, if I've lulled you all to sleep at this point, I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> Don't worry, we're going to get fired up with yeah. This, oh, yeah. as soon as we move on to the next topic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, we got we got plenty to go on the Chicago side. You know, at least some stuff has happened in the last couple of days, last week. But um, so, 
anyway, um, uh, next we'll move on to the NHL, um, just general news. We, we did the transactions and the signings and stuff. Um, there isn't really much in the way of, uh, NHL stuff. Uh, you know, uh, the AHL, really the biggest news is, is, uh, some of the new, uh, rules that are going to be tested in the AHL. Uh, the two biggest ones are, uh, fighting, the fighting rule, basically your second fight of the game gets you thrown out of the game. Um, and the OT rule, which is pretty complicated to be honest with you, but I can see what they're trying to do with it. And anything to try and eliminate shootouts is fine by me. Uh, yeah. believe it's... I would just say play five on five. And if it's a tie, it's a tie. I cannot stand the shootout, but I think three on three is just even more gimmicky. Well, yeah, I mean, you could, you could go all around and, uh, the people, you know, like the uh, American Wyshynski, uh we talk about him a lot. I listen to him all the time. You know, they brought up a good point that, you know, once you get to the three, uh, and, and, and l- let me just preface this by saying the rule is, I believe it's a seven-minute overtime. Yeah. And the first whistle after three minutes in, right? I think, yeah, it's either three or four. I can't remember. I think it's three minutes in. The first whistle after three minutes in goes to three on three, from four on four to three on three. And then you play it out three on three. Three on three hockey on an NHL rank with that kind of talent. I mean, you can imagine where that's going to go. But what he was saying was, or what even uh, Jeff Merrick was saying, is that players are going to be terrified to give up that puck. Because if you give up that puck... You may not see it again for another two minutes. The way that you know, the way they you know, there's not a lot of players out there to recover. You know, a, a missed shot or a, you know something like that. So you may not see the puck for a while. People are going to be paranoid. You know, they, some people think it's going to be run and gun, but um, you know, it. They don't seem to think it's going to be running gun. It's going to be kind of more holding on to the puck, waiting for your quality chance and taking your quality chances and trying to keep possession of the puck so that you don't give up. Because as soon as you give up possession, you're basically odd man break coming back the other way. I would just caution people, be careful what you wish for, because on paper it sounds like it's going to be exciting, but I just don't fall in that category. It's just It sounds way too pro-beach hockey to me. <laughs> I mean, we all, it's been well documented how I feel about Pro Bijaki. Yeah, yeah. For sure. and I, it's it's just way too gimmicky to me. I, I don't like it. I mean, I don't even like the fact the AHL is trying it out. If you know the e- ECHL wanted to try it out, maybe I wouldn't care as much. But it's just everything that the AHL has tried out has eventually made its way to the NHL. So I'm kind of fearing the worst here. Yeah. Well. Because hybrid icing still isn't very, it's not very well explained, to be honest with you, how, how it is. No, it is very, there's, it's very gray, to put it, to put it lightly, it's very gray. And, uh, I don't know, I guess we're going to see how this is going to go. Uh, if it, if it, if it, uh, if it works out, hey, I'm all for it. If it works out to more games that, uh, don't end in ties. Or uh, you know, don't end in shootouts. Then uh, hey, let's 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 uh, do it. So, 
the fighting yeah. rule, I mean... You, you know, know where that's going. Yeah, yeah, we all know that's coming. They're trying to rule fighting out. They, You can't just do it in one fell swoop. You have to do it slowly. Phase these uh, John Scott face punchers out of the game. And, uh, you know, when... When John Scott and you know Sean Thornton and uh, Ryan Reeves and all these guys are phased out of the league, it's just you know it's going to evolve naturally if they do it in a slow manner. If they do it, you know, in a you know if they just cut it off, you know, like ripping a bandaid off, you're going to have these guys that their main uh, talent is just punching faces. What are they going to do out there? They're not going to have a job anymore. They're not going to get jobs in the ECHL. I mean, John Scott, if he can't punch faces, what is he? What is he good for? He's good for absolutely nothing. He can. It's just a waste of a locker stall. In the no, locker he, room. He, sure, he's a nice guy, but he can't <laughs> skate. He can't play defense. He can't. He you can't know, shoot. no, he can't. He, he, you know, it's like it's it's like watching the Special Olympics. Really, it is because you're they're they're. they're... I didn't want to go there. Everyone well, <laughs> yeah, 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 and, I, and I'm not going to use the R word because you know, yeah, I, you know, I I have to yeah. control myself a little bit. Yeah. I can call people fucking asshole, but I'm not going to use the R word because it's you know that's yeah. a little out of line. But you know, it is. It's like watching it, people are, you know. They put them out there and they coddle these guys because they don't have the talent that everyone else has. And, you know, they put them out there for limited minutes and they don't put them out there in special teams and they don't put them out there in the end of the game. So basically you're just hiding a guy that has no skill otherwise so that he can go out there and maybe get a hold of a guy and punch his face for a while. But, but I've heard, you know, Colton or George Peros are all real nice guys off the ice. So, you know. <laughs> yeah. Again, like I said last time, I know a lot of guys, real nice guys. I know a nice guy that makes coffee at Starbucks. But that doesn't mean that he should be on the ring, you know, shooting pucks. Yeah. So, you know, and the same with Bolig. He may be a nice guy. He may not be a good the, hockey player. He may be the nicest guy. But he's not that great a hockey player. You know what? He's an AHL guy at best, and you know what? AHL guys are good players, but that doesn't mean just because he can, you know, basically he can get his ass kicked every once in a while because he doesn't win that many fights. Basically, he can get his ass kicked a couple of times, you know, six times a year, or, uh, you know, he could hold his own, maybe get 50%, uh, get his face punched for three times and punch someone else's face for three times and but it's like what you said. Bolig wins the fights after he's been punched, and the guy's tired, and then he gets a one punch back, and there you go. He's the last man standing. Yeah, you know, and he goes out there, and he has his beard, and all the high school girls you know, love him because he's a nice guy, and he probably hit on them all, and, and you know, and there you have They're it. They're on fire tonight. <laughs> yeah, I mean, really, this that's really the the, the truth of it all. I it mean, is. Yeah. You don't see. You know, many people who really know the game of hockey and follow it closely, you know, to a point where you could break down a game or you could break down a play, talking about how they miss Brandon Bowling. <laughs> you don't. Uh, sorry. You, if you don't like it, tough shit because it's the truth. So, yeah, if you're that big a fan of Brandon Bowling, you need to go back and learn hockey a little better. As I, as I so eloquently just put it, 
You need to learn hockey. Because Maybe it's all the people that had Bufflin jerseys that were number 52 and got the nameplate switched, and now they're <laughs> out of luck. You never know. Yeah, B-52, we miss you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think I'm going to one of the games coming up uh, this year against Calgary, and I'm really looking forward to seeing the reception bowl gets. I'm sure I'll get a standing ovation. Oh, you know, they're going to do something. <laughs> they will do something because there's been too much of a – you know, a, 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 there's going to be girlies out there that are, you know, he's going to go out on the ice and everyone's going to scream and he's going to play his four minutes a game and he's going to do nothing spectacular. And... <laughs> I, was just, I was just thinking, I, I heard a stat that now that he's gone, the only three on the Hawks that had uh, fighting majors last year were Bickle, Sean, Versteeg. And it would probably, if Versteeg's still on the team, if him and Bolig were to get into a scrap, oh, that'd be priceless TV. I hope they kill each other. <laughs> yeah, I, I really take each other out. You know, put us out of our misery. I, yeah. I, 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 uh, you probably didn't even see it because you were probably busy today. But uh, that video that I put up of the 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 Bowling, uh tribute video thing, I did see something you put up the other day. No, that was the other day. But oh, today, Bolig actually one? saw it and oh, God. and said, "Whoever put this up, thank you." And I'm like, "Oh my God." I retweeted. I'm like, oh. I'll have to check that out. Yeah. I, I heard my, my phone kept going off from the signings that we discussed earlier today, the two big ones from Nashville. And uh, I was driving back from Indiana, so I heard a few things, but I wasn't on uh, Twitter till tonight. And yeah. I didn't see that one yet. I'm going to have to check back and find that one. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he saw his highlight video. I'm sure he was misty-eyed and uh, <laughs> sitting at the computer with a – you know, box of uh, Kleenex and bottle of wine too. <laughs> a bottle of wine, yeah, and a lot of chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> Tears in his eyes and feeling nostalgic, and yeah, because it, it wasn't as good as the Sam Gagne Tampa Bay one that I watched the other day. Yeah, see, I, I told you that I was a good saw one. That. Yeah, that, that was, was a good, good one. It was quick and to yeah. the point, right? Yeah. Yeah, you gotta love thirty second videos like that. Yeah, exactly. You know, you don't draw it out too much. <laughs> they did a they did a great job on it. I give them credit. So, yeah, that's uh, the that's uh, the the general NHL stuff. We'll get we'll get past that. We'll get back into the Hawks. I'm sure we'll probably touch on bowling again. Or well, it's a touchy subject. I'm yeah. sure I'm up. Yeah, he's been gone, and we can't just we, you know. We, we it's just like you know. It's the itch. It's that itch. It's like having the crabs or something. You just can't get rid of it. Brandon Bowling, the crabs. So. <laughs> yeah. So since we uh, since we last got together, we'll get you know more into the Blackhawks here. I'm sure people are tired of hearing us talk about the rest of the league. Boring as shit. <laughs> so. Uh, the Blackhawks, uh, after after the uh, the Brad Richards signing, which was, you know, the Blackhawks' big bang, uh, and by all means, you know, hey, it, everyone's pretty much satisfied with it, so, which is rare. As I said, uh, if Hansus was the rusty anchor on the team last year, Richards is just going to be the rusty chain leading to the anchor this year. Yeah, for sure. Because he's probably just as slow. He might be a, a little bit of an upgrade, but 
uh, on the speed wise, but he's a significant upgrade skill wise. But that's about it. Yeah, you know, and I don't know. I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. Hey, I'll even probably buy a '91 uh, Richards uh, player shirt just to show my support. Yeah, I'll try not to bring up too often how we nixed that trade in 2008. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, we're going to hear about it. I'm sure we're going to hear oh, about yeah. it. Fifth feather over at uh, at the at I, the Indian. The, he he will not uh, he, he will not let back, let down on that. So I, I remember it, you know, just like it was you know, a couple of years ago. So it, it hasn't left my memory because that yeah. was like when the Hawks. I believe it was Mark Savard also turned down the Hawks too. Like you don't forget those things. Yeah. Well, there you go, Mark Savard. How's your career going now, buddy? Yeah, he's on Waffle Street with spaghetti legs. <laughs> yeah, that's a great way of putting it. Yeah. So anyway, uh, before we get into the Blackhawks stuff, I got a funny story I got to tell you. Um, I am, uh, to those who don't know, and most of you don't know, I'm, I'm, I'm out looking to you know purchase a new vehicle for uh, you know a lot of reasons. And... Uh, you know, I went into a Ford dealer yesterday, and uh, I pulled in. I just wanted to test drive a, a truck, and uh, so I'm talking to this guy, and he's an older guy in his mid fifties, and, and he was kind of pissing me off, talking shit, and he just, you know, he underestimated me in a lot of ways, and and you know, I don't need to get into the details, but he was making, he was aggravating me, but he saw my truck, and uh, anyone who's seen my truck, I've got you know Blackhawks plates on them. And I've got a couple Blackhawks stickers on the back windows. Nothing too crazy. But, uh, you know, it's obvious that I'm a Blackhawks fan. And he, and he looks at me and he says, uh, you know, uh, how how big a Blackhawks fan are you? <laughs> and I kind of just kind of laughed a little bit. And I go, I'm a pretty big Blackhawks fan. You could say I'm a pretty big Blackhawks fan. He's like, are you diehard? Are you, you know, from way back? I'm like, well, you know, I'm 40 years old. So, you know, from the mid-80s on, you know. I know other things, but you know, I, I'm I'm pretty well versed from the '80s on. I, you know, other than the you know the the terrible dark Wurtz era in the 2000s when I was protesting, you know, I was pretty much you know a, a pretty big black accent. And he starts to go into, do you know what happened on May 18th, you know, 1971? And I'm like, okay, <laughs> I was born in '74, and I mean, you know, I could guess a couple things, but, you know, tell me. And he goes on and on to tell me about how, the, you know, the Blackhawks lost to uh, Montreal. And he knew his hockey. He actually knew his hockey. He was, he, we, we traded stories back and forth pretty much. But he's going on and on and on about, you know, uh, how Bobby Hall hit the post and Ken Dryden this and the Blackhawks, you know, they're, Terrible loss and this and that and da 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 going on and on and on about Blackhawk stuff. He's gonna school me on Blackhawks history, and I'm just kind of laughing about it. He, he he again he went in and then he and and then we go in to sit down and uh, you know he's gonna try and give me his whole you know sales spiel and he wants to talk you know man to man about something that we have in common. I, I know what he's trying to do. And he starts telling me about how terrible old man Wirtz was. And I am one of the biggest haters of old man Wirtz. So we bonded on that for sure about how, you know, we couldn't watch, you know, I, I had to, when I was a kid in uh, junior high, my friend and I used to have to ride our bikes to the palest bowling alley. 
and sneak in to the bar so we could watch Hawk Vision so that we could watch Blackhawks games when we were in, you know, eighth grade. You know, these are like things that are in my childhood because old man Wurtz wouldn't let a fucking, you know, a couple of middle school kids see a home playoff game. You know, it's... It's definitely well documented my hate of, you know, uh, Bill Wurtz. And I think probably our next shoutcast, um, I'll kind of reread my first ever Blackhawks reference blog post that I posted uh, pretty much the day after Old Man Wurtz died. Uh, I'll bring that up. I found it just recently. Uh, you know, it was kind of entertaining to read. It was It's very short, but I'll... Uh, I'll you know, that'll be another segment that we can throw in here, but there was just a, a cool, you know, or not a cool, but an interesting little side note with the guy from uh, the Ford dealer in Joliet talking, you know, going to school me on Blackhawks uh, history and, and, you know, like, okay, man, because he wants to find a common ground so he can sell me a, dig, a yeah. fucking truck. I like when they try to, they know they don't know what they're talking about when it comes to hockey and you just catch the first thing, you catch the second thing, and then they're like, all right, I really don't want to buy a car from you now. Yeah. Uh, I told, I mean, the bottom line is I wasn't going to buy anything anyway. I was just, I'm going out there to look at vehicles and test drive everything and do research and, you know, do all that stuff. And I told them that from the get-go, but, you know, they didn't want to, you know, they're they're going to go out there and try and sell me a vehicle because that's what they do. So yeah, that's all they care about. But you know the uh, the Blackhawks plates give me away, so that gives them something to. But at least he did. He did know what he was talking about. You know, he knew he he knew some names, he knew some dates, he knew some things that went on. So I, I had to give him credit on that. But you know, thank, thanks, Mister uh, Ford Ford salesman for schooling me on Blackhawks. You know, on what happened on May eighteenth, nineteen seventy one, three years before I you know three years before I was even born. It was like the Hashik talk on the last shoutcast when you started talking about him. I'm like, all right, I haven't been born yet, so take your word for it. <laughs> oh, it's worse. I could go back into the 80s, so. Yeah. I remember a lot, you know, a lot of interesting things from the 80s, so. So anyway, back in, you know, we are we are into the Blackhawks portion, which is really the most important part, part of this. Um you know, after Brad, after the Brad Richards signing, basically the Hawks did absolutely nothing. Uh, uh, you know, a day later, two days later, they uh, it was announced. It was announced by. Um, I wish I could give. Him, I, I have to give him credit, and I apologize for not having his name. But uh, it was a guy from Sweden who announced that the Blackhawks had signed Kyle Kaminsky. Uh who played for the Avalanche for a couple of years, depth defenseman, you know, uh, one of the young depth defensemen back uh, for the Avalanche. But uh, he reported it two days before it actually was really uh, was really made news. And not that it's really news, but, you know, it is something. He's probably going to end up, you know, a top three defender replacing, you know, Thigel Peckham or someone in uh, – in Rock Vegas, I don't think the Hawks fans really need to know much about him other than you know Kyle Kaminsky. So uh, you're telling me my Peckham jersey is useless now? Yes. 
And if you're and if you trade it in for a Comiskey jersey, you're going to need a smacking. So. I, I thought I thought all this signing was going to be was give Runblad a run for the eighth defenseman spot on the team. <laughs> well, you, you know, <laughs> based on based on the way things may be looking, uh, Runblad could see some more. He could be playing the uh, Sheldon Brookbank position oh, this God. year. So, and, and that's very well where he, he could end up being, which is you know it could be worse. I'm I'm sure. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm going to miss Brookbank. He brought a lot to the team. Who he signed with again? <laughs> a whole bunch of no one. <laughs> I'm sure the Milwaukee Admirals are lining up for services or some some team along those lines. Yeah, yeah. Apparently so. He Shelton, could punch. He, uh, he could punch out uh, his brother when the uh, Rock Vegas and Milwaukee play each other. And you know, I think he would do it. <laughs> I think he would do it. So, I don't doubt it either. No, I don't either. Uh, so, you know, Kyle Comiskey, welcome to the welcome to the Rockford Ice Hogs. Get your, get your Kyle <laughs> Comiskey jersey, yeah. And uh, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of jokes to come along with Kaminsky because his name's you know his name is spelled C U M. So, just you know, write, it writes its own jokes. So, um, after that, um, kind of going. Pretty much in chronological order, uh, the Blackhawks hired a new goalie coach. I found it kind of entertaining. Jimmy Waite, former first round, former Blackhawks first round draft pick, Jimmy Waite was uh, named uh, Blackhawks goalie coach. Uh, blast from the past, someone I remember pretty well from the uh, m- you know mid to late nineties. Uh, you know, a first round draft pick that was a bust, and. Uh, the the more interesting part is that he is former Blackhawks goalie coach Stefan Waits, younger brother. So you'd figure with a, a, a an older brother that is that is that uh, talented a goalie coach, he could teach his younger brother to do something. Well, that wasn't so. He was good. He was a good uh, you know junior player, but. Uh, he didn't make it in the AHL real well, and uh, certainly didn't make it in the NHL real well. So, uh, this it, is one of those instances where you're hoping that the bad player makes a good coach. Well, yeah, like they say, those yeah. who can't do coach. Yeah. Well, yeah, it, and that's pointing a finger at me because I coached for 12 years, so <laughs> you know that as well as anyone does. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so Jimmy Waite's going to be, you know, coaching the. Uh, I did read somewhere, and I don't know the validity of it, but uh, that Corey Crawford actually requested Jimmy Waite specifically. Well, what for, the hell is Crawford's problem? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if he knows um, if Crawford and Waite know each other or what. I don't know what the deal is. Um, but I just know I read a tweet saying that they heard that Corey Crawford um, requested Jimmy Waite specifically. I saw that tweet too. I don't know if you retweeted it. Who it was? Probably or, or did. Who it was? Yeah. Yeah, because any but, kind of information like that, I, uh, I, uh, I will definitely uh, retweet. You know, that's it, that's information that people should know. I don't need to take credit for it. It was you know posted by someone else. So, um, you know, if it's truth, it's the truth. 
Well, I read the uh, when the whole thing about you know Ranta resigned, and then there was that rumor about the Hawks being interested in Brodeur again, which this is getting real old, even though we're only on year two of that. Every summer now, apparently the Hawks are going to be tied to Brodeur. And somebody made the ridiculous comment to go, oh, it'd be like, you know, maybe it's a nice tutor for Crawford. Like, do, do people realize the Hawks are over the salary cap and it's not going to happen? Well, in, 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 and, and I'm glad you brought that up because it's been pretty well documented, you know, for people in the know that uh, Martin Brodeur isn't exactly the hardest worker. <laughs> he really isn't. So you're going to get a lazy, fat goalie to play backup behind Corey Crawford to show him what? To show him how to be lazy and eat pizza and what? You know, it, it doesn't make any sense to me. He's he's one of those guys, you know. And again, we, we brought this up that, you know, they always say, and and it's for good reason that people say this, that those who can't do coach. Well, those who can do don't coach. You don't see many coaches that were really good, you know, really skilled players that can transition over because they just have that natural skill. They don't know why they can do things, you know. Some most of those people don't even have to think about it. Like Gretzky probably didn't have to think much. He just did it. It was just came naturally. It was like a second, you know, it, it was just intuition that um you know, and sometimes that happens. I'm not going to say I'm a great player or anything like that, but there's definitely times when I've gone out there, you know, you go out there and you play and you do something and it looks great to everyone else. And everyone's like, Oh, what a great play you made. And you're like, I wasn't trying, even trying to do that, <laughs> you know? And, and it, I can only imagine that's what it's like for these players, you know, uh, Bobby Hull going out there and just shooting the puck a million miles an hour. He's just shooting the puck, you know, it's just doing what comes naturally to him. For him to coach, he's not going to be able to teach someone how to coach, or, or he's not. Gonna, I'm sorry, he's not going to be able to teach someone how to shoot 100 miles an hour. He's going to show yeah. him what he does, and you could try to emulate him, but he just has the that natural God given ability, and uh, it's kind of the same way, you know. Um, I, I kind of got off on a tangent there, but uh, you can only hope. <laughs> well, yeah, it all ties into to Jimmy Wade being. A bust, as you would say, and correctly so. You, you just hope that the coaching is his knack, and playing obviously wasn't his knack. And he may have learned to be a great coach from his brother. You know that could be his niche. You know I don't know. And and conversely, no one saw Stefan Waite play in the NHL, did they? And look at what a great goalie coach he was. You know, he's he's highly coveted. So, you know. I'm surprised Clint Malarchuk keeps bouncing around as a goalie coach, though. <laughs> you got to love Clint. <laughs> Good old... I think he'd settle in somewhere. Clint the jugular Malarchuk. <laughs> uh, that I mean, well, well, that I video mean... never gets old. And it's still disgusting every time. Oh, I, yeah, I remember when it happened. So, yeah. Uh, it was not pretty. But, I mean, no. if you look at a lot of these goalie coaches, too, like uh, Steve Weeks. I mean, Steve Weeks was a nobody. Yeah. He really was. He was a nobody. Uh, not that he did anything extraordinary, but, uh, you know, a lot of these coaches were, you know, it's not like they were NHL talents. Um, I think the only one I can think of right now that I can remember being 
somewhat decent NHL goalie is uh, Dwayne Rollison. And I forget who he's a goalie coach for. I don't even know. I think it was... I want to say it's either Anaheim or Tampa. I can't remember exactly. I mean, he wasn't even that great. He wasn't. He was okay. No, he was just somebody that I could remember that yeah. had a decent run, and I mainly remember him from being getting hurt in uh, the 2006 Finals against Carolina when he was with Edmonton. Yeah, I mean, he's not a great player. He was, you know, he had uh, he was a journeyman, but yeah, he was just a, he was your decent type goalie, somebody you could rely on if you needed a backup role. But he's the only one I could think of that was a semi decent goalie. Who's you know panned out right now as a, a coach in the NHL? I'll a lot give you of these a name. Guys are also random. I'll give you a name, Trechiak. Oh yeah, that's a good one. Yep, Trechiak. Uh, but I mean, other than Trechiak, who? No one. I mean, you really, yeah. you don't, you know, you don't see, uh, you know, these legendary. You know, you don't see Tony Esposito coaching. I mean, he's not going to now because he's senile, but. You know, just look at the the Benny's Beverage Depot commercials. Yeah, I like how he reacts after he hears the goal. Oh, there. I wrote a whole <laughs> I wrote a whole blog about that and complained about it. And when they when I did that, they stopped playing that commercial. I don't know if they, I, I'm not going to say they read what I wrote, but I I went on a tirade about how you're basically shaming, you know, a Blackhawks legend by acting like he's a senile old man, and they they for the remainder of that year that season they did not play that. They've, they've brought it back since, but for the remainder of that season, after I wrote that, and I'm they they very well probably didn't read what I wrote, but it was just coincidence that they actually because uh, I, I ripped them real good. If if you'd have to search on it, and it but um, you know, yeah, I was I got, not happy I, with that. I got Finney's pretty good, but it wasn't about uh, a Blackhawks commercial, and kind of put them to shame too when I posted. On social media, oh, I could find this beer five dollars cheaper at my local liquor store, and not your store. They didn't care for that one too much. Yeah, well, you know, all the alcohol ties in with the Wurtz family, and yeah. uh, you know, Wurtz, uh, Wurtz distribution. So Wurtz beverage. It, it, one more real quick thing about the yeah. goalie coach thing, Patrick Wah. Yeah. Let's not say that he is revitalizing Simeon Varlamov. Let's see. Let's wait till the end of year two or year three to see exactly how that goes too. Because normally a, a good a good player like him doesn't end up well being a good coach. Well, and it'll be interesting to see how that works out. Yeah, and, and the head coach does not have that much say in the goalies. You know, the goalie coaches coach the goalies. And the head coach coaches the team. While he may be, you know, at, you know lighting a fire under his butt from time to time, um, you know, he's not working drills with the goalies. He's not spending that much time individually with Varlamov. Yeah. So he may be inspiring Varlamov because, you know, when you're out there on you're out there and you're playing for one of the greatest goalies in the NH you know, that the NHL has ever seen historically. You know, you may or may not like him as a person, whatever the case is, but he's you know, his stats definitely show he's gonna be a Hall of Fame goalie. Mm-hmm. You do not want to go out there in front of him and embarrass yourself, and you know, it's inspiration to play well and to keep yourself at a high level. So for that, I can give him credit for. For everything else, I got to assume that you know, Wad does not have the time to sit there and work with Varlamov like that. I think he's I'm just sure an he, inspirational figure. I'm sure he might have a little more say in the, what what goes on, but 
even even so, even if he's you know he's the head coach, I still with the whole great players, bad coaches type thing. Let's wait another year or two, and then we'll see exactly how he pans out because Gretzky did not pan out at, at all in Phoenix. Well, yeah, and 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 we could just go and look, you know, with the the change of scenery in, in uh, Colorado, and we'll see how that team does this year. So, you know, with the you know they've gotten slower and they've gotten older, so we'll see how that you know works with with this. Uh, with Mr. Waz coaching philosophy. If he just, he's going to slam down to earth or if he's going to rise above and make us all look like idiots, I kind of think he's going to, you know, slam to earth. But so I would tend to agree with that. Yeah. So anyway, uh, spent way more time on Jimmy Waite than we needed to spend. Uh, <laughs> We didn't even bring up the hockey card that I tweeted out the picture. Oh, I, you know, I was just actually that is that's hilarious that you uh, you just brought that up because I was going to kind of bring a, a, you know kind of segue into that slightly. Um, somewhere upstairs in a box, I have a Indian, an Indianapolis Ice Jimmy Waite card <laughs> and an Indianapolis Ice Dominic Hassett card from way back when. So that that just goes, you know. That rivals your Mike Vernon card that you sent me, you know, you tweeted me this week, which, yeah. like I said, that's one of the few I don't have. <laughs> It'll be in the mail tomorrow, don't worry. Yeah, it, it, at this point in time, uh, I'm the only one who collects Mike Vernon cards. Uh, what can I say? I like those. I, I like the guys that are a little under the radar. So, anyway, moving on. Uh... The big news, really, uh, that you're going to see, uh, and that we're going to, you know, that we're going to even talk about, is Taves and Kane. Uh, you know, uh, the guys that uh, fork over at uh, Hockey Night pretty much said that they were going to announce it at the uh, at the convention. Uh, they were a little early, but probably to do a little damage control on the sharp thing, and you know, some other things that were going on. Um, so yeah, Taves and Kane, each of them signed eight year deals, uh, 10 and a half million cap hit, which is a little high, but you know what? They've got two Stanley cups. Uh, Taves has got two gold medals. I mean, you've got, we talked about this last time. They've got Con Smythe trophies. I mean, these guys are legends, uh, 1988 will never be worn by other players again. And if they are, it will be for a short period of time until they're retired. It'll be a very short time. Uh, you know, I, I doubt the Blackhawks will let anyone wear 19 or 88 ever again. And uh, they will be hanging in the rafter. So, Do you think Brad Richards even thought about asking Taves if he could have 19? <laughs> you know, I posted that up. I posted something <laughs> like that up. And, and, and I find it funny because, okay, I get, you know, on, on Twitter, you can't sense my sarcastic tone. But, I mean, from the, from the name of the blog, the name of my Twitter, you know, Pucket Hostel, I mean, you got to know that it's going to be sarcasm. And I, I, I posted something up about, I wonder who's going to wear 19 now. You know, and like people actually reply to me. I'm like, come on, really? You think I'm? You think I'm serious about that? 
Yeah, some people just don't. The sarcasm doesn't relate no, in text form. No, it doesn't. And you know, I'll give them. I'll give them the benefit of the doubt somewhat because it is the internet, and you can't sense sarcasm. So well, sometimes Blackhawk fans come off a little touchy too. You think the, uh, the Meatball Coalition? Yeah, yeah. You think? <laughs> uh, <laughs> See sarcasm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I mean, uh, there anyone who knows anything about hockey has no problem with these extensions. It's a probably about seven hundred fifty grand more than I thought they would get. I thought they might be like nine to three quarter million, whatever. You know, it that's really pennies at this point in time. You knew it was coming, um, and these guys deserve it. They've won two Stanley Cups for a franchise that hadn't won since, uh, you know, 69 or whenever. So that was my biggest thing about defending this signing because I heard a lot of people say, oh, they're not, they don't put up the numbers like Crosby and Ovechkin. That is 100% true, but they also have the, you know, Stanley Cups, the Smites, everything to go along with that. They have, they may not be that significant point score, you know, scorer, goal scorer. Um, but they mean more to the franchise than that. They literally brought the Blackhawks back from the brink of extinction in Chicago. Anyone who's been around, who's followed the Hawks for more than 10 years realizes how bad it was 10 years ago. Yeah. And these guys mean so much to the franchise. If it meant overpaying them a little bit, like you said, 750000 so be it. In a couple of years, when Stamkos, Tavares, they go to UFA status... Kane and Taze are going to look like bargains. Yeah, I mean, there's always that asshole that's like, oh, I never led the league in scoring. Well, you, so what? Would, yeah, you rather well, have a, would you rather have a Stanley Cup or would you rather have, the, uh, you know, the Richard Trophy? Well, you know, the funny part was is that, you know, I read the guy's comment and then I looked over to his picture because it was on Facebook and it was a Penguins logo. So, you know, there you go. It speaks for itself. Yeah, I mean, I'd rather have Stanley Cups. I don't care. And yeah, I just want the championships. Yeah. And if these two guys are going to lead us to championships, then so be it. And and, and I'm happy they're going to be here for eight more years. I have absolutely no problem. I didn't want to trade them when King was having problems. I've never yeah. wanted to trade Taves. I'm, I've never at any point wanted to trade either one of these players. Through their ups and their downs, I have no problem with either one of them. They've, they're class... You know, Kane's had his, you know, bumps in the road. But, I mean, what a, what early 20-year-old kid doesn't, you know? Uh, I, I definitely fell into the trap of, oh, get rid of Kane because I can't deal with his immaturity. But, hey, guess what, people? I was wrong. So, uh, yeah, I, I mean, can admit it, you know, but uh, everyone Kane's knows is how... definitely somebody you never want. I never even thought about trading. No, no, no. Or letting him get away, you know, even, even if he... Um, you know, even if his his talents degrade a little bit, he's still the leadership alone. You know, yeah, and, and and the respect and and everything that he that he has, he's you know regularly called one of the best two way players in the entire league, if not the best, it maybe the world. So, I mean, ten ten and a half million dollars a year, you you know, by about year by about the third year of that deal is going to be a. Uh, a bargain. I, I'm just, I can't wait to see what Stamkos gets when he goes to UFA yeah. stats. Yeah. Because I, mean, I, I really think he's going to get significantly more than that. No. You know, you know Toronto's going to just show up with a ton of money. 
it, there's always going to be that team that's going to, you know, just going to throw out asshole money at them. And just, I, I also, you know, when you said uh, Kane and Hayes were re-signed and debate, and I, I told you we can debate it in the next shellcast, that was actually serious because I always thought Kane was going to sign with Buffalo. I just, I had a feeling and the way the whole second line center thing was panning out, if I would, you know, if I was Kane, I would probably say, the hell with you guys, you know, it's one of those things, but hey, I was wrong on that too. So yeah. from now on, I'm not making any <laughs> predictions about Patrick Kane whatsoever. Now, I, I never clearly thought... can't read that guy. No, I never thought any of them, I, I didn't think either one of them were going anywhere ever. I didn't think, I was not worried for one second about them going anywhere. I mean, anyone... Uh, you know, with McDonough's brain, uh, just in general. I mean, he's not necessarily a hockey guy. He's an organization guy. He knows how to run an organization. He knows how to market an organization. And you sit down and you just show, you know, hey, okay, yeah, sure, you want to go home to Buffalo? Well, what does Buffalo have? What do they have? You're going to sit there and you're going to play with a bunch of young players. You're going to lose a lot. And maybe by the fifth year of your deal, you may be, you know, doing something. Or do you want to sit here in Chicago and you want to ride this out where you got a couple more years where you're maybe one of the top teams in the league and consistently one of the top teams in the league. And you're, you're in a national spotlight because Buffalo isn't really a national spotlight. Chicago is one of the top three, you know, top three, four uh, markets in the entire league. So I'm sure he's, you know, he can sit them down and, and their agent isn't stupid. You know, they know where that Chicago is one of the top organizations in, in all of sports. So I, I don't want to get too off topic here, but with the whole ongoings that we heard for the last two weeks about Carmelo Anthony to the, uh, to the Bulls. Oh my God. When that was announced Saturday, I, I said that Jalmerson, when he was uh, up for a new deal, he took six, a six hundred thousand dollar raise to stay here because he knew he had the best chance of win to win a Stanley Cup. Whereas you had Carmelo, who could have taken less money to come to the Bulls. And I'm not a basketball fan, so I can't tell you if the Bulls were going to be a legitimate contender. But on paper, I would think that they're better than the Knicks just from what I see and hear. But no, he chose the money over the chance to win. And I think that speaks more to the perception of the hockey mentality versus the other sports. Whereas it's more of that team-oriented thing. You're willing to take less to have that opportunity to win. And winning is more important. Yeah, I I hate basketball more than I hate soccer. <laughs> I really do. I mean, the whole, the whole shenanigans with all those players going to Miami. And it was just, you know... Uh, you know it just stunk of collusion and you know it just it it, it it's just a big pain in the ass and and now they're pulling it all over again and well, you're going to hear it next year too cuz I, I think lebron's got an opt out clause so it just it, it's man, only like a two year deal or something like that i believe yeah so, and it, it just yeah. it screams to me the whole it's all about me mentality versus we want to win mentality no, That's it definitely is. Played. Yeah, yeah. I'm me, me and my five boys. It's like what happened. It's kind of almost like what happened with Suter and uh, and Parise going to Minnesota. Yeah, it was kind of like you know, hey, me and my boys, we're gonna hook up and we're gonna go to the same team together and we're gonna be bros and you know, it's How's that working like, out for you. Yeah, I mean, 
You know, if you're going to treat it as a business and treat yourself as a commodity and an asset and an investment, you know, you're going to do what's where you're going to go to win. You know, you're an NHL career is only so long. Go where you're going to go to win. You'll be part of a team that you can win. And luckily, uh, you know, everything fell into place and Taves and Kane uh, fell to Chicago. And here we are, you know. Here we are in 2014, two Stanley Cups later and, you know, some division finals later and, you know, here we are. And and they did the right, I think, you know, their agent did the right thing by keeping them where they're at. So, yeah, you know. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah. Team first, me later. That's how I. Yeah, look. I mean, the Kane doesn't need scoring titles and Taves doesn't need scoring titles. Both those guys are going in the Hockey Hall of Fame. There's yeah. just no doubt about it because they have Stanley Cups and because they led teams to Stanley Cups, not because they led the league in scoring. You know, if you have, uh, uh, and I'm just, who's someone? Uh, I'm going to go Chichu, Jonathan Chichu. Here you go. He led the league in scoring with 50 goals one year. You think he's going to make it in the Hockey Hall of Fame? No. Not a chance in hell. But his his... Has Patrick Kane ever led the league in scoring? No. And will he? Maybe not. But he's going to the Hockey Hall of Fame. You can bet your ass he's going to the Hockey Hall of Fame. So, you know, what do you want? What's more important to you, your legacy or personal stats? It's yeah. really up to you. So, and, and I think these two guys really, they made their they made the right choice. And uh, they made smart choices. And their, their agent led them in a right way. And uh, Stan Bowman did all right with the deals. So I have no complaints at all with that. I don't. Nine more years, one more year of a six and six point three cap hit, and then you get the ten and a half. So yeah, well that yeah. that's no complaints. Yeah, no, no complaints on my part. Yeah, that segues us into <laughs> apocalypse number two, <laughs> which means uh, and, and for all those out there and uh, you know all you media types, um, their deals don't kick until next year. So the, the the Kane and Taves deals do not put them over the cap this year. They already have one more deal, one more year left. So for anyone out there writing out, <laughs> writing your little blogs or writing your little articles saying that Taves and Kane signing you know ten million dollar deals puts the Hawks two million dollars over the cap this year, that's not true. Yeah, uh, which is that's poor reporting. But anyway, so. It's a lot of other signings that put the Hawks yeah, over the cap. Yeah. Well, it, yeah, it, and what will where we're gonna where this is gonna put us now is things that we've talked about before, which is, um, you know, that big number ten, uh, Patrick Sharp's gonna be at the top of that list. Um, he's in his early thirties, early to mid thirties, almost mid thirties. Uh, he making like what five nine a year. Yeah, just that, yeah, and the Hawks are just over two over the cap, so they're going to have to shed salary somewhere. And you got to think that um, if it's not Sharp, it's going to be someone like Oduya that's going to go, uh, because you, Bickle may not necessarily be, you know, a guy someone wants. You know, uh, it's a lot of money. They may not want to take. Maybe someone in Florida will, but um, there aren't a lot of people that are going to want Bickle. And Bickle, you know, he performs in the playoffs, and you pay your guy for the. You, that's when the the money's made is in the playoffs. So he did step up this year, which kind of uh, softened the blow of his you know cap 
hit. Uh, did, so, uh, did Dale Talendra pickle? Because uh, he, he might want him in Florida. Probably. I, I would have to look, <laughs> but I would stay with it. You know, I would have to look, but I think he did. So, but, you know, this the signings of Taves and Kane make you think, um, who's going to go? Uh, next year, you've got a lot of RFAs. Um, I know Sod's one of them. Uh, I'm going to say Kruger, Letty. Uh, on top I know of that, Letty is for sure. Yeah, Letty, Kruger, and Sod for sure. We may see. We may this year maybe Kruger's last year in a Blackhawks uniform. But uh, which, which renders my Marcus Kruger jersey irrelevant. <laughs> year. Yeah. Well, you know who, who's the next number sixteen. I was just going to revert it back to a Michelle Goulet jersey. Ah, there you go. (laughs) There you go. So, uh, I think think we both both agree that this will probably be Kruger's last year. There's just too many cheaper guys in Rockford that could take over his role. Well, there's guys you can't just keep them down in the system and and let them stew in the system and then... You know RFA out or whatever. I mean, you're going to keep qualifying these guys to to play in Rockford. You're not going to do that. These guys need to go somewhere. And so you're just, seeing it with Detroit this year. Yeah. Oh, Detroit. Oh, yeah. it's so beautiful. It's so beautiful to watch that city and team burn. Yeah, that was a joyous experience being there. <laughs> yeah, because it's, it, for as many times as you know, we had to hear from these fans. Oh, they're the. They're, Hockey Town USA, the cream of the crop, blah, 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 blah. Well, you know, here we are. Here you are, and the team can't even sign a goddamn free agent. And, you know, they can't, they can't wow anyone. They they whiffed on, like, four or five decent free agents. And they uh, they get to overpay for, uh, what is his name? The defenseman that everyone hates. Uh, they uh, just Quincy? Re- yeah, Kyle Quincy. <laughs> that they just re-signed him. Everyone hates him, but they re-signed him for like four and a half million dollars a year or something. Yeah, that's something ridiculous. Yeah. Who would you rather have, Nicholas Jamerson or Kyle Quincy? Let that sit. Yeah. Let that let that wet your palate. So. <laughs> well, now you got the Mike Green to Detroit rumors to chew on. So. Hey, take him. Take. That's yeah. you know there there'll be no defense will be played there. <laughs> Yeah, how will that work? With there is back? there <laughs> is no D in green, <laughs> literally. Yeah. So, uh, like I said, uh, Sharp Oduya could be ones to go. Those are the biggest uh, the rumors that we've seen. You know, we've I've kind of shot it down in the past, but if the the cap gets really tight, and uh, you know someone like Ranta steps up. Or, uh, you know, God forbid, you know, Matt Carruth or Kent Simpson or, uh, you know, the, the latest uh, draft pick this year, Nail Moff. Sounds about correct. Yeah, Nail Moff, <laughs> the, the big goalie from Russia. You know, if someone steps up and really starts uh, making a name for themselves, $6 million a year for Corey Crawford may... You know, look a little undesirable. Yeah, I, I did not like that from the beginning. I really didn't like the the length of it at first. But yeah, well, we've, we've talked about it at length. That you know, yeah. we, 
while the year, you know, the number is what it is for a, you know, it's a going rate for starting goalie and a goalie, yeah. gonna, you know, I, I get that, but the, the length just didn't make any sense. And maybe literally Bowman had to eat crow. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, just the and, timing of it too. It's like, yeah. you, you didn't have to rush it. But. Yeah. So he, you know, could end up being forced out in a couple of years. Uh, you know, I don't know that Corey Crawford, you'd want Corey Crawford as your starting goalie for the, you know, what is the next five years or whatever it is, four or five years. Just and food for thought. I don't think it's uh, necessarily an immovable contract anymore based on, you saw Brian Campbell move, you saw Roberto Luongo move. I think there are teams that are willing to, to make a deal, you know, for even if it is a uh, d- different, you know, it's more of a risky type contract. No, and if Crawford puts up decent numbers, you know, look at what Ryan Miller, Ryan Miller's making the same amount of money in, in Vancouver. So is Corey Schneider now. Yeah, those guys are making similar money. Isn't Schneider making more? I thought it was uh, seven years, $42 million. Yeah, well, maybe, but you know. I don't know, I failed math, so I can't do that. I think that's still $6 million. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, <laughs> even that, what has Corey Schneider proven? <laughs> Nothing, nothing. <laughs> a, a whole lot of nothing. So, you know, you're you're right, basically in the same wheelhouse. And really, Ryan Miller, for all the talk that he's that that you hear about Ryan Miller, what the fuck has he done? Yeah, exactly. He's done a whole fucking bunch, bunch of nothing. So, you know, he may be a decent goalie, and he may show you a lot, and he may have good regular season stats. But other than that, he's done nothing. So, you, you know, Corey Crawford, you know, if you compare. And, you know, you might say, well, Corey Crawford did win that Stanley Cup. But Corey Crawford, Ryan Miller, and, uh, you know, Corey Schneider, who's got the Stanley Cup? Exactly. <laughs> so, you know, $6 million a year is right in the going rate. So, you know, but, you know, they may use that as a as a bargaining chip down the road to, you know, unload them. And I wouldn't expect it this year or next year. It may be, two, you know, two, three years down the road. But just keep it in the back of your mind because it could happen. You know? I think it's definitely something that could happen. Uh, yeah. Even if, like you said, the development from uh, the other goalies pans out, Yeah. you're not going to have a $6 million backup. It's just not going to work that way. No. So, anyway, uh, more Blackhawks news. Uh, Blackhawks assistant coach Jamie Kampai was announced as the head coach and general manager of the Portland Winterhawks. Yeah, you know, did, did I hear a clap? Was that a clap I heard in the background? That was actually my remote. <laughs> I was going to say. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know what? Compound, he won a cup with with L.A., and then he came to Chicago and won a cup. So he had two cups. Uh, you know, I don't know what he did here or what he didn't do here, but you know, I can't sit there and I, I, I have no accomplishments for him. He did it's what he did. It's tough to him because he had the back-to-back Stanley Cup. Yeah. Yeah. But at the same time, if you look at the special teams that struggled, I, I believe he was running both of them and, you know, whatever. But you have the yeah. two Stanley Cups, so. Yeah, so whatever. We got rid of them. Uh, <laughs> uh, and, uh, you know, again, segueing, uh, I think the, the Hawks upgraded, really, uh, when they picked up Kevin Dineen. I yep. didn't think there was any chance in the world. I, I would have never even imagined that Kevin Deneen would end up a, you know, assistant coach here 
freak. Isn't he another uh, Quinpil guy? Oh yeah, for sure. They, they were together? they were teammates for. Yeah. Uh, they were teammates in. Uh, Hartford, for the, yeah, it? in Hartford, yeah. And uh, as I tweeted, I actually somewhere around here, I have a uh, an essay I wrote. In, I believe it's seventh grade. Uh, it was a fictitious Stanley Cup game where Kevin Deneen failed to score on a penalty shot for Mike Vernon, or against <laughs> Mike Vernon, which you know now is funny. Uh, I don't know why I came up with the Kevin Deneen or the Hartford Whalers, or or how I even realized there was a difference between the Campbell and the Wales Conference at that time, but I did. So, but yeah, uh, Kevin Deneen. You know, he, he coached Florida for a couple of years. They made the playoffs with him. Uh, this more recently, he coached the uh, the women's uh, Canadian gold medal team. Uh, so you know, he's got some he's got some uh, hardware. It was almost like two in Florida when people are going to look at it and go, oh, well, they fired him. It's, I don't think he necessarily got a fair shake. And they made Florida makes decisions without thinking clearly sometimes. So No, I made um, a joke about I, it, too. I said, you know, clearly the Blackhawks needed what Florida didn't want. But I was yeah. making a joke about that. So, you know. I, I can't see him hurting anything. Hopefully he can help the goddamn power play because... I don't think the power play could get any worse. <laughs> I, I don't know. How, just really, you throw five guys from that team out on the ice with no plays, no drawn-up plays, they should be able to, you know, at least be in the, the top half of the league. Hopefully he's the same clown shoe size as Compound was. <laughs> no kidding. Ugh, excuse me. It's been a long week already. <laughs> so yeah, uh, Kevin Deneen, new Blackhawks uh, coach. I I gotta imagine he's gonna be a little better and at least help things out somewhat. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, this week is prospect camp, which unfortunately I hate it, but I can't, I couldn't make it this year. I've gone the past couple of years. I really enjoy going. I said it, uh, you know, last shoutcast, but uh, I really enjoy going. You know, it's nice to see some young guys. And while, you know, a good half of these guys you're never going to hear from again, there are definitely some guys out there that I've seen at Blackhawks Prospect Camp that show up elsewhere in the NHL. And it's kind of funny to hear their names, you know, down the road. You know, some of these free agent players from college or whatever. So, uh, you know, I wish I could make it out. From what I hear, you know... Toivo Mania. Everyone wants to see him, but he's you know most of the most of the AHL guys aren't going to scrimmage because they don't want to get them hurt. They're just out there running drills, basically being the veteran leaders of the camp for the younger guys. Uh, yeah, yeah. You, you'll have to walk me through on uh, what's happened so far in prospect camp because I've been. It's really been. Uh, yeah, it's been really been town. it's really been nothing. It's been mostly drills, and and I haven't heard much of anything because the beat writers aren't really out there. Uh, you know, the couple that are, are are just you know throwing bits and pieces back. I don't see any real names here on the list. You know, I'm going down the list. You see a couple guys that are going to be in uh, Rockford. A couple guys are going back to college. A couple guys that end up back in the juniors. But I mean, 
there's nothing uh, that really sticks out. You know, there, every year there's someone where you look at them and uh, you're like, oh my God, I, I want to see how this guy looks. And a couple of years ago, uh, it was uh, Svedberg, Victor Svedberg. Uh, this, he was a 6'9 Swedish defenseman. And I'm like, geez, I got to see this guy six foot nine, you know? Yeah. And uh, I saw him out there and I saw, you know, he moved his feet pretty well. And I kind of gave him a pretty good, uh, a pretty good report back. And the Blackhawks ended up signing him. And he's, you know, he played last year in, in Rockford and he's coming back again. So, you know. Wasn't it a couple of years ago, too, that uh, Igor Makarov kind of was like the talk of the, yeah. the camp? And then that yep. Never... yep. Somebody got a bad meal at the Rockford Olive Garden, and that was the end of that. Yeah, well, yeah. then they actually put him on an AHL ice with AHL players, and that didn't work so well. Yeah, but uh, this year, this year the freak of nature is six foot nine defenseman Oliver Mebus, which that name just kills me. And the Blackhawks need to sign him just for that name, Oliver Mebus. He's as good as Klaus Doba. Yeah, well, he's German too. He's a German defenseman. Six foot nine, two hundred and forty pounds, and he's twenty one years old. Holy Jesus. Yes. That is a mountain of a man. And and, and while Svedberg, you know, was six foot nine, he was I, I think he was on a thinner side. He was like two oh five or something like that, or two ten. He was, you know, he was tall and skinny. Uh this guy is I, I haven't seen him and I'd I would i like to see pictures of him and see what he can do. I can't imagine he can move those feet. Because two hundred forty pounds, six foot nine, two hundred forty pounds on skates is that's that's a concrete boots there. He went to the John Scott School of Skating. Oh yeah, exactly. They're 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 in the same uh, they're in the same wheelhouse, same ballpark. So, uh, but other than that, I mean, I I really don't see anyone out there that, that really, uh, you know, usually there's usually there's that one tall guy and the one short, you know, little short guy uh, that you know everyone loves. Uh, well, can we just give the short guy uh, a award to uh, Tevu? It, we can. We can give it to <laughs> Tevu, but there's there's a shorter guy. Blackhawks um, draft pick from last year, Anthony Lewis. Oh, okay. Yeah, five. He's only five foot seven and weighs one hundred forty five pounds, which is tiny. Uh, <laughs> but he, uh, you know, I think I was that size when I was twelve. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Uh, I was that size when I was twelve. To be honest with you. <laughs> I, playing football in in uh, seventh grade, I was five foot seven. Well, not five foot seven. I was five five, and I weighed one hundred forty five pounds. So, yeah, that's that's what you got. See what Matt Zuccarello started? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I I can't really comment much, you know, this year. But uh, usually I'm I'm partial to the goalies anyway. I go out there and watch the goalies more than anything. And uh, all all I've ever you know all I've heard. Oh, excuse me. Oh, sorry, it's getting late. Um, all I've really heard, you know, that uh, Nalimov is a big goalie. Uh, not that he's been lighting the world on fire or anything like that. Or Simpson and Carruth haven't really been lighting the, or the world on fire either. Uh, that's really all I have. You know, yeah, it's I, I really boring. can't add anything. Cause like I said, I haven't been in the Chicago area, so... No, I haven't I haven't really heard or seen anything. What I've seen is bits and pieces on Twitter, but that's about it. Yeah, so I can't really comment much, but that's, that's really pretty much just a, you know, a very, very brief overview of what's going on. Uh, once the real scrimmages get going, I mean, 
Tevu and uh, you know any of the top prospects, you're not they're not going to be out there anyway, unfortunately. So you're really just you know you're going out there to watch you know Cole Gunner and Tanner Fritz and uh, you know who else they got out there. Uh, Cole Gunner wasn't that a character from the Mighty Ducks too? I, I know, isn't it a great <laughs> hockey name, Cole Gunner yeah. and Tanner Fritz? <laughs> Those are some good hockey names right there. But, yeah. you know, if those guys are guys that, you know, they're going to show up and you may never hear them, hear from I, them again. I still think the award's got to go to Oliver Meebus for the uh, best name award. I love that name. That is great. <laughs> and and, what, and, what, and uh, hopefully, you know, as we go on a little bit, we're actually starting to run late. But um, <laughs> and we'll, get into, we'll get into one of my favorite Blackhawks names of all time. So that, that should be coming up uh, next because we're pretty much done with uh, – with camp and everything, so um, we'll close we'll close the camp down because, like, like I said, there's not really much more we can go uh, we can go on about. We kind of drew out the Jimmy Wade talk longer than we had planned. <laughs> it always happens that way, you know. Man? Yeah, it really does. So, um, so I put together, you know, I, I was I was kind of putting together. Uh, some stuff for the summer that we could talk about and uh i figured a good thing to to kind of rehash is go back to the the dark days of the blackhawks early 2000s we both remember it we remember some names and uh you know but it's 14 years ago so we i figured we could go over a couple rosters of some early uh some early blackhawks stuff you know, early Blackhawks rosters bring up some names that people haven't heard in, in quite a while. So, that being said, um, this is the Puck and Hassel Shoutcast uh, back in time. Here we go. Oh, man, I wish I could go back in time. I take state. <laughs> You got to give me a little credit for that because I did take I, I did actually have to take time to put that together, but um, it, it wins the award just for the Huey <laughs> Lewis man. Yeah, and for those who don't know the beginning of that, that was from Napoleon Dynamite. So the the, the little uh, vocal part of that. So anyway, um, just uh, if if you ever want to go back and you can follow along, if anyone even follows along on any of this, we're going to start with the two thousand. Uh, 2000, 2001 season, Chicago Blackhawks. And I know everyone's laughing as they're listening to this, or if anyone is even really listening to this. I got news for you, they're laughing when they're also <laughs> post. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah you, you have the 2001, uh, or the 2000, 2001 Blackhawks. The 2000, 2001 Blackhawks, their record was 29, 48, and 5. They finished with 71 points. They were fourth in, uh, their central division. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and a blast from the past coach name who um, didn't last long here in Chicago, but, you know, may have a warm place in everyone's hearts was Alpo Suhonen, <laughs> who, uh, you know, that was one of the failed experiments in Chicago history with, uh, you know, European uh, head coaches that just did not work here. 
I just um, remember how big of a deal that they made that sound like when it when it first happened. Yeah, that was, <laughs> it was. Uh, I didn't and even as a know. Freshman who, in high school, I didn't really know too much about them, but you know. No, I mean, I, I was. You in take my, people's word for it back then. I was in my you know like mid twenties. I didn't know who the fuck Elpo who's Sahonin was. That was really even 14 years ago. That was really before the internet really started to take off. Yeah, I mean, the internet was just barely there, yeah. Yeah, you you really had to take people's word for it. Yeah. You couldn't go on YouTube or anything like that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, uh, you know, just... (laughs) Some weird, uh, some weird notes here. This is a Blackhawks team that finished the season with let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten losses in a row. <laughs> 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 so they ended the season with ten straight losses after uh, after beating Nashville three to two, barely beating Nashville three to two, uh, <laughs> in the seventy first game of the year on March fifteenth. Um, oh my god! Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It, it, I, you know, I got to say, I got to give credit here. If if you want to know anything, hockey reference, hockey dash reference dot com will tell you just about anything you need to know. But this is where we're going. Where I'm going by. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> here you have uh, 210 goals for, 246 goals against, and uh, <laughs> let's just start with my favorite position, the goalie. One of one of the goalies that that I just thought was completely overrated, uh, Jocelyn Tebow. Was and that black... is a touchy subject for me because I was a huge Tebow fan. Oh, I, I did not. <laughs> I had no love for that guy at all. I mean, this is you know you're talking about. This is just after the after the uh, you know Ed Belfour era, and they bring in you know Tebow from Montreal, who really didn't do that much there. He was kind of like a, a you know young. They thought he would be a young phenom kind of thing. Brought him over to the Blackhawks and just put him on a bunch of shitty teams. He had the one good year when he was an All-Star. Yeah. Which I think that's probably next or uh, one or two years down the road in uh, the time from this frame. Yeah. In the 2001, 2000-2001 season, he had a 281 goals against the average <laughs> and an 895 saves percentage and six shutouts. Six shutouts surprises me. You imagine um, if Crawford put up those numbers? Yeah, oh my god, he'd be he'd be lynched. <laughs> he'd be lynched. And then uh the uh the esteemed colleagues behind Jocelyn Tebow were <laughs> Robbie Tallis, who played twelve games, Michelle what is the name? Laroque? Yeah. Michelle Laroque and um the hockey night uh favorite Blackhawks goalie of all times, Steve Passmore. Who was 0-4 playing for the Blackhawks. That was when uh, Steve Passmore was a semi-prospect, wouldn't you say? Yeah, uh, uh, uh. Actually, all those guys, Talis, LaRock, and Passmore all were at that point in time. So the go- the thin goalie market started a long time ago with the Hawks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so let's go let's go down the roster a little bit and let's refresh refresh people's name or with with just some of these names just a little bit. And uh, so they can laugh at this. Uh, we'll start with the left wings. And uh, <laughs> the first of all, the glass, uh, the glass left winger, which is good old number fifty-five, Eric Daze, who was nothing but hurt in his entire Blackhawks career, listed here at six six two thirty-five, and could not stay healthy to save his fucking life. Uh, 
he was, you know, he, he was, when he played, he could score, you know. He, he, that year he had 57 points, 33 goals. That's not too bad. But uh, he couldn't stay healthy, so. I just like how it drops off significantly on the left wing. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> the, next, the next name, I did not, on the, at least the list, I know there's one other guy who did have more points than him, but. Chris Herberger. I do not remember him being on the Hawks for no. some reason. <laughs> I don't remember that guy at all. Chris... I remember the name, but I just don't remember him being on the Hawks. No, th- th- this is this is a great uh, this is a, <laughs> a great list of left wingers there. Eric Daze, Casey Hankinson, Chris Herberger, good old Chris King, Jean. Or J.Y. LaRue. I remember him. Dean McCammon. We all remember him. Bob Prover, of course. Can't forget Bob, Bobby P. And my favorite Blackhawks name of all time. Rettel Von Arks. <laughs> I love that name. It just flows off the tongue so beautifully. Rettel Von Arks. Didn't do a damn thing in the, in the NHL. But... Rettel Von Arks. I, 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 I should get my 17 Von Arks jersey made <laughs> from John over his uh, Black and Tan Sports. He'd do it that's, for me. That's how you'll be able to pick us out at Hawk Games, people. Just look <laughs> for somebody wearing a Von Arks jersey, and I'll go with uh, Valerie Zella Pukin as uh, my other very <laughs> And we'll go stand next to the guy that's got his, uh, his game-worn <laughs> Anton Babchuk jersey. I actually, me and another friend of mine, we were talking about, we should get uh, jerseys from people in the past, and we were both arguing, I want Carl Stewart. That's who I was going for. Oh. <laughs> Crazy Carl. Crazy Carl. <laughs> Crazy Carl. So uh, going down the line here, uh, you've got uh, one of one of the, uh, the center of the ABC line, Kyle Calder. Who uh, you know? This is the beginning of uh, his illustrious Blackhawks career. Um, Steve Dubinsky, who uh, you know, he, he, you know, he was a digger. He was a digger. He was, uh, which it, it's funny because you know you've got Dubinsky in uh, in Columbus now. Yeah, you know, at first you kind of got mixed up with the names, but not the same player at yeah. all. Uh, then, then you've got some uh, some uh, some rehashes like Mark Jansen's, good old number twenty, and uh, Joseph Marha. I remember him. Yeah, I remember. I remember both those guys. And then you've got uh, a guy whose son was drafted in the first round this year of the NHL draft, Michael Nylander. I think everybody remembers him. Yep, Michael Nylander. Who, who, you know, he had a decent year. 25 goals, 39 assists, 64 points. Isn't bad on a team that only won uh, 29 games. So, uh, and, and then uh, the guy who was never going to live up to uh, the expectations. <laughs> Good old number 13, Alex Jamnoff. God rest his soul. <laughs> because he was never going to live up to the guy he was traded for. So, no. Yeah, that, that was just a failure from the get go. They might as well have just traded Ronick for a draft pick, <laughs> in uh, you know a seventh round draft pick because losses. Yeah, because Jamnock was never gonna uh, you know he was never gonna equal what 
what Roenick was, and uh, people just were going to hold him to that kind of standard. He wasn't a bad player, but he wasn't a great player either. But he, you know, he just was a you know a good solid center. Probably in today's NHL, maybe a second line center. He wasn't really a first line center, but on this team, he was. So maybe he could help the Hawks out, second line center. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What is he? He was born in seventy, so he's be forty four years old now. Come on, Yager's <laughs> still lighting it up. It's not that out of <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> exactly, Yager. And then, uh, so as we go down the line a little bit, we have uh, the right wingers, and uh, at my t- at the time, my favorite Blackhawk, and I still own his jersey, number ten, Tony Amante. With his long flow, yeah, you know he he, uh, he was up there too. He tied uh, Nealander with sixty four points, thirty five goals, twenty nine assists. Uh, good old Tony Amante. Actually, uh, the the highlight video that I put together uh, for uh, Pat Foley had Tony Amante's four goal game after when he was traded to the Blackhawks and he came in and, and had a four goal game. So that was kind of in there too, but. I like how out of all this, out of his stats that year, he had sixty four points, thirty five goals, and was a minus twenty two. <laughs> yeah, well, there weren't too many pluses on that team. Yeah. I mean, you had Nealander to plus seven, uh, Spashik to plus seven. Pretty much everyone else was a negative on that team. How My the- boy uh, Zelopukin was a minus fourteen. Yeah, there you go. I mean, you got minus double digits here. Quite a few of them. Yeah, uh, we'll get down to some of those other illustrious players. <laughs> yeah, I'll uh, save the news for later. Yeah, yeah, listen to this group of right wings. You thought the left wings were bad. This, oh, my <laughs> God. After Amante, it drops off to Blair Achenem. <laughs> then he goes down to number good old number 49, Aaron Downey. Uh, and, and then you have uh, a guy who was better known probably uh, later in his career, even though he played well for the Blackhawks. He, he actually led the team. I think he, yeah, he was the leading yeah, scorer that year. But uh, Steve Sullivan, good old number 26. Uh, and then after Steve Sullivan, you've got Ryan Vandebush. Who fits into the Brandon Bullock category. Yeah, yeah. Face puncher. Resident face puncher, led the team yep. with 146 penalty minutes. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, we'll just leave it at that. Good old yeah, number 14. Good old number 14. And uh, that was the first of many different jersey numbers he had, if I believe. Yeah, and and, uh, and actually down here at the bottom of the list that uh, uh, that I kind of missed was uh, the other player, the uh, the second player on the ABC line, which is Mark Bell. <laughs> Good old twenty-year-old Mark Bell he had one point for uh, right before that. You know that ABC line came out and wowed everyone. I actually know somebody who was rocking a uh, Tyler Arneson jersey. Oh, and my got God. A, and then it was uh, two years ago, too. And uh, they took it to a jersey store to get the nameplate switched over to Jimmy Hayes. Oh, well, that, how'd that work out for him? Yeah, it didn't work out well. <laughs> yeah, I would have kept the Arneson jersey then, man. You might as well. You might as well. Oh, man. And this, this list just gets even better with the... Uh... <laughs> With the, the second def- defenseman you're going to go to is just fantastic. Oh boy! Well, if you've—I don't know if you have—if you're listened. going down the in order, I can't wait till you say the second person. <laughs> well, first you have no good old number three, thirty-three, 
Jamie Allison, uh, you know, with with his 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 great four points on the year, and second second number thirty eight Nolan Baumgartner. <laughs> yeah, I remember him being on the Manitoba Moose. That was about it towards yeah. the end of his career. Yeah, well, you know what, his career. Um, other than 0506 when he played 70 games for Vancouver, he never played more than 15 games in the NHL in any one season. Can you say career AHL? <laughs> 15 folks. He played one year for the Canucks where he played 70 games. Other than that, yeah. So good old Nolan Baumgartner. I'm sure he's got a heritage night coming up sometime soon. <laughs> I'll be in line for that. <laughs> yeah, he, well, you know, it was a young ball, Nolan Baumgartner. He was only 24 years old at the time, you know? He, he had a lot <laughs> of potential. Can't, yeah, I can't, I can't defend him. <laughs> <laughs> After uh, Baumgartner, you have uh, number six, Kevin Dean. I know nothing about Kevin Dean. Yeah, hey, I'm not going to lie. I'm going to go, hey, 11 assists on the year, a nice year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no goals, 11 assists. Who knows? He was 31 years old. Uh, after Dean, you have Anders Eriksson, who came over in the Chris Chelios trade, another player who was going to be compared to a player he was traded for, and it was never going to live up to anything <laughs> close to what, you know, Anders Eriksson was, what Anders, you know, the guy had five points all year. <laughs> you know, well, I mean, how many games did he play? Anders Eriksson, I got to look him up. Da, 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 da. Anders Eriksson, he played 26, no, he was 26, he played 13 games, he had five points. That was probably his highlight of his career. Yeah, yeah. No kidding. And after Anders Eriksson, we have Pat Foley's favorite Blackhawk of all time, Alexander Karpatsev, with his his 15 points. He couldn't even keep the same number. He wore two different numbers that year. You know what? Right now, it's looking really cool to go out, buy a discounted Brandon Bullock jersey, and slapped the Karpatsev on the back since he was rocking 52 <laughs> that year. Yeah. There aren't many people that could do that, man. Yeah. Not many at all. Ugh. But you know, somebody will take that the wrong way, and you got to start a whole can of worms with that. Yeah, well, you know. <laughs> yeah. So as we go down the line, we got Chris McAlpine. But now we're getting into the really good defenseman names. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, this is we're gonna hit. We're hitting like right in the sweet spot here. <laughs> After McAlpine, you got good old number five, Steve McCarthy, young nineteen-year-old Steve McCarthy, prospect with with, uh, you know, only the, you know, the world was his oyster at that point in time. Good old McCarthy, who uh, after that his best year was two years. He had sixteen points. He was, uh, let's see, first round draft pick, twenty third overall in the nineteen ninety nine draft. Yeah, might want to say he was a bit of a disappointment, slightly. <laughs> Steve McCarthy, rest in peace. Uh, moving down the line, moving down the line, good old Boris Moranoff. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Yeah, this night would be great. <laughs> number two. <laughs> One of the best number twos the Blackhawks have ever seen. Uh, Darren Quint has something to say about that. 
Boris Moranov, good old big bad Boris Moranov. Uh, Boris, uh, that year he was uh, one year. I think he was the captain, or he was the he was either the captain or the alternate. But that year he played sixty six games. He had twenty two points and a good old uh, big fat negative fourteen in that plus minus. It was a good defensive ship that the Hawks ran there. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, this was slightly on the downside of his career. After this, he uh, he never even eclipsed more than 22 points or uh, any more than... Well, his final year, he played 75 games for the Rangers. But, yeah. Uh, he was... Uh, well, he was nominated in 97-98 for the Norris Trophy. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> he was, yeah, 16. He was 16th. He was a number 19th. Yeah, oh. He played 81 games, 46 points. Boris Moranoff, blah, whatever. (laughs) Yeah. Good old Boris. So uh, after Boris, we're going to go down the line a little bit more. And and (laughs) we're going to hit Blackhawks, former Blackhawks uh, AHL coach, wasn't he? Wasn't he? He was a coach. I think so, yeah. Yeah, he was coach at Rockford for a while. Steve Popst. (laughs) Uh, 32-year-old Steve Popes. So definitely on the back nine of his career. Yeah, you think? Good old number 42. Um, you know, he's got a fight with uh, Mr. Nordstrom to get his number up in the in the rafters. See, I know I'm going to jump ahead, but uh, didn't John Clem rock that number the next year? <laughs> it might have. <laughs> it was either that or the year after that. You know, there there's a very foggy area in the mid-90s. <laughs> that I that I was I literally was boycotting the Blackhawks. I wouldn't watch games. I didn't go to any games. I didn't even pay attention much to the team because I was so pissed at old man Wirtz. So that, <laughs> that that was there was probably that sweet spot in there where I pretty much was like you know fuck you and uh, yeah I'd piss on that guy's grave. Uh, after Popes, you got Stefan Kintal, who is now the. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> who is now the NHL's uh, banhammer after uh, after Shanahan went to the uh, went to Toronto so you got Mr. Banhammer number four I think I can get myself a number four Quintal jersey <laughs> just to show my support for the for the uh, the league power to the people just buy a Jalmerson and take the name plate yeah, off yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah, no shit. And and rounding out uh, the ro- this this illustrious roster of the 2000-2001 Blackhawks, we have Yaroslav Spashek. So good they traded for him twice, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so good they had to have him twice. And I don't think he was good either time. <laughs> I remember my brother was like questioning me. He goes, why'd they get rid of Spashek? I, I don't... I don't have an answer for you without some sort of smart-ass comment. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's not good at that, that sport called hockey? Yeah, and then they trade for him back. I'm like, yeah, yeah there you go. Yeah, yeah. So there you have. Um, <laughs> this is this is going to be, you know, as we're going on, this is probably going to be uh, the ongoing theme. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll go on, you know, next Next uh, shoutcast, we'll go on to the you know the two thousand one two thousand two Blackhawks and and uh... <laughs> that was the playoff year though. That won't be as disappointing. 
you know what? Just about anything. Anything up until about 2007 is disappointing for this for this franchise. So we got trying to make it sound interesting. We got plenty of years of disappointment ahead of us. I can't wait till we get to that summer of signings of Curtis Brown, Matthew Barnaby, John, uh, Jim Dowd, Adrian Acoin, and Nikolai Javi Bulin. Oh, I, I have such a, I have such a place in my heart for Nikolai Javi Bulin because I I thought he was going to be something here. Boy, was I wrong. Yeah, both times. <laughs> yeah, well, the second time I, I knew it wasn't going to be anything. Yeah. But I, you yeah, know. The, the old blue one wall had more than a few cracks in it the second time. Yeah. So that's uh, that's that special, uh, a little special segment there. And uh, that's, that'll probably wrap up our special segments for this week. I think we're, you know, we're already running on two hours here. So um, I think we'll just wrap it up there. We won't go any further. Uh, we got. Uh, some other stuff we'll do. Uh, I, I, I can only imagine that the next time around we're going to have even less to talk about as far as <laughs> league news goes. So we'll, we'll have, you know, we'll need to fill in the uh, need to fill in the spots. So uh, I, I, my smart money is on Baldwin makes a trade like 15 minutes before we're about to do a shout cast. And then we're <laughs> scrambling. <laughs> you know what though? <laughs> then we'll get at least the most raw. Uh, yeah, you know reasons we'll get the ball. We won't have to because you know I always like I did with uh, Ruth Richards. You know I just blurted out what I thought at the time. <laughs> you know, and then after you actually really you know figure out what the deal is and everything like that, you're like, oh well, maybe it's not so bad. But we'll get the most raw reactions out of it if it happens like ten minutes before we actually go on. Yeah. So if Bowman knows this, if Bowman knows anything, he'll make the announcement on a Tuesday afternoon. So I thought I honestly thought it was going to happen. In the last three days while I was away, because they did uh, the old Bufflin trade when I was in Vegas, so it was kind of history was probably going to repeat itself, but thankfully it didn't. Well, it never failed. Where they would actually <laughs> do something, you know, I'd be at work all day or something like that, where I could at least, you know, on my phone, I could at least, you know, respond or I could say something. Yeah, it would never fail that I'd be sitting in the train station waiting for the train to leave, <laughs> and I had no internet connection, and and and, and shit would blow up. And, and, you know, I'd pull out of the train station and my Twitter goes f- fucking insane. And, you know, it would always happen. Always happen. Like 3.30, between 3, 3.30 and 4 o'clock, I'm sitting in the train station with no internet connection and something blows the fuck up. So, yeah, I know. My, always happens. Yeah, way. yeah. I know. I'm sure it was, you know, it, I'm sure it had everything to do with my insignificant ass and, and our little insignificant little rag here. But... Yeah. So anyway, let's wrap it up. Uh, you know, we've we've had enough fun for one week. <laughs> it's only going to get better. <laughs> oh yes, yes, yes. Like I yes. said, we still got that summer of signings to go. <laughs> go yeah, through. Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> still remember the press conference too, where they were like bragging about it. <laughs> yeah. It's it's going to be a slow summer. I cannot. Maybe you know we can only hope that something something interesting will happen. But we're only at July fifteenth, folks. So yeah, yeah, we've got a little while to go. We got about a good month and a half before anything interesting is really going to happen. You know, we're going to have anything good. So we got to hope it, there's going to be a trade in there somewhere. And there's going to have to be. You know, yeah, they're going to have to. You know, they're not going to want to drag someone through camp. Even though I don't, I believe they don't. They have to be compliant on day one of the season. And, uh, you know, I, they're not going to wait that long. They're going to no. be compliant well ahead of time. So, 
there's a couple teams that are in the same boat. So don't don't think that the Hawks are the only team that are in this boat, folks, because there's a quite a few. No, and those teams are worse, and they're in much worse position. Yeah. I mean, Boston's hurting, and uh, yeah. Philly's hurting, and yeah, so. If I'm Boston, I'm praying somebody doesn't pull a dickhead move and offer sheet Riley Smith. Oh, God, I hope that happens. <laughs> I so hope that happens. Because af- after uh, San Jose pulled that horse shit with uh, Jalmerson, uh, I, you know, I, I've been waiting for someone else to have to you know deal with that. Even though uh, you know Colorado had to pull that with uh, Cal or with O'Reilly. Yeah. Uh, but Calgary was a bunch of dumb shits anyway. Yeah, he because, wasn't in a clear waiver. Well, well, yeah, because he, he would have had to clear waivers, which he wouldn't have. So they would, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> that was a stupid move. But uh, anyway. We'll save the offer sheet segment for the next time. <laughs> yeah, hopefully something happens, which it probably won't. We'll be, we'll be here analyzing the rosters. <laughs> and, and I'll be going over my post from 2009. So... Anyway. That, deser- that deserves a uh, segment in itself because it nailed that right on the head. So yeah, yeah. So anyway, um, wrapping things up. Uh, if you haven't, uh, and you're interested in jerseys, you're interested in league jerseys for your hockey team or whatever, uh, visit our boy John over at uh, Black and Tan Sports uh, on Facebook at facebook.com/slash/back Black and Tan Sports. Uh, Great jerseys. Uh, he does a great job over there. Like I said, I own like fucking thousand of them. They're all hanging in my garage, and I wear them regularly. They're they really look good. They're nice. They don't they, you know numbers don't fall off because they're subliminated. And uh, he also does you know custom jerseys. I got my uh, my custom uh, official jersey there too, and uh, he does a good job. He's a good guy. So uh, and eventually somewhere down the line, if he gets this. Fucking internet situation straight now. He's going to join us on on our uh, shoutcast. So again, Black and Tan Sports on Facebook. Uh, visit them. Get your uh, hockey jerseys made there. They're uh, well. I'm not going to go out there and say they're the cheapest jerseys out there. They're very well made and they're worth the money. So uh, there you go with that. And uh, like I keep saying, if you found this uh, shoutcast by mistake. Uh, you could find all of our writings, Pat and I both, at uh, puckandhouse.com, blackhawksnews.com, blackhawksblog.com. They'll go to the same place. Um, you can find me on the Twitters at, uh, at puckandhostel uh, and uh, facebook.com slash puckandhostel. My cohort and new uh, contributor, you can find him on the Twitters at Patrick underscore Stankus. And uh, you should be seeing some content from him coming in the near future. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll just play it by ear. We'll see how things go. Uh, especially, you know, what a great time for you to come on over. We got nothing to write about, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. But, you it know, gives us good ideas to get those yeah, before yeah. the season starts. Yeah, so. you know, we can toy around with whatever we want to do. So nothing's, yeah. nothing's bad content. Um, and I, I, I do, uh, before I uh, give, you know, the shout-outs, I want to thank everyone for downloading this. Uh Pat and I were talking before, and uh, we've seen a steady increase of uh, downloads of the Shoutcast, and it's been significant. Every week and every Shoutcast, it's been more and more and more, and people going back and downloading the old ones, and I can't say how much, I can't express how much that I appreciate, you know, everyone, anyone that listens. 
<laughs> if we got 10 people to listen, I consider us lucky. And we've gotten, you know, a lot more than that. So I really appreciate it. And I thank everyone and, and pass it on to everyone. Let your friends know, hey, it's two hours every couple of weeks. And uh, if nothing else, you can shout at your radio and call us a bunch of assholes and call us dumbasses. But at least Please. I. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. No, I would say at least, you know, you can call us dumbasses. At least we're entertaining, you know? So <laughs> I was going to say, send us some hate mail. We're, yeah, we're happy it. to talk about yeah, it. Yeah, send us some hate mail. I, I, I can take it, you know? I, I can I can riff with the best of them on, on hate mail. So anyway, uh, thank you everyone for downloading it. And uh, thanks for supporting us. And, and uh, you know, I really appreciate it. And finally, um, I, I want to, you know, send my shout outs to, uh, you know, all the guys that out in the Blackhawks blog sphere that, uh, you know, I listen to respect read and all that other stuff. The, uh, the guys that committed Indian McClure, uh, uh, Fells, uh, fifth feather and, uh, Killian over there. Uh, the guys over at hockey night, love those guys and their puck cast, uh, listen to it ever all, you know, all the time. Great, great guys over there. They've had me on a couple times and I uh, can't, Thank them enough for inspiring me to do the stuff that we're doing now. And, uh, you know, they were just, you know, one of the groups, but uh, they were a major contributor in, in what we do here. Uh, Chris Black, your, uh, your Rockford and behind-the-scenes guy at Third Man In and uh, Puck Chat Radio. Great guy to follow on Twitter. He uh, has a lot of great insight, and uh, he's definitely worth reading and paying attention to. Uh, the guys over Cheer the Anthem, and uh, they have their podcast. They recently, just this last weekend, uh, hooked up with the Hockey Night guys and did a little combination. Puckcast, uh, you know, Cheer the Podcast kind of deal. Uh, good guys over there. And uh, lastly, the the, uh, the guys over at Blackhawk Up, they've, uh, you know, always been pretty good guys uh, supporting us and, and retweeting our stuff and things like that. So... Those are those are my shout-outs for this week. Look all those uh, look all those websites up. Listen to their stuff. Read their stuff. And uh, you got any shout-outs uh, or anything? I'm pretty good on the shout-outs, uh, but I do want to echo what you said. Thanks to everybody who downloads uh, the podcast or shoutcast, I should say, um, reads our stuff. Uh, really does make it uh, worthwhile and. Uh, feels good to know that people are listening and uh, just uh, inspires me to, to do better and make it more entertaining next time we're on. So uh, thanks again to everybody. Yeah, yeah, it is great. It's it's kind of cool. I never thought we'd get five listeners, but here we are, you know. Yeah. So it's cool. It's good. It's a good time. I actually have a lot of fun doing this. So everyone, uh, thanks a lot and uh, enjoy your summer. Enjoy your nice, cool summer at this point in time. And uh, good night, everyone. And don't be a meathead. I want to thank you again for coming down here and joining us tonight. I hope you had a great time because we sure did. And we will be back. You've been great. We've been Megadeth. Good night.